Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 18. We're going to read a few verses here. This came to, came to my mind as Heather was making these declarations tonight. And I remembered one of these verses that the King James Version says it specifically this way, and that's why we're going to this version. And, uh, and then just in case my dad is listening to this podcast, because he does sneak in on me once in a while and listen, uh, he'll be proud. So, therefore, shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Now, how many of you know that the Lord is telling them, get serious about my word, right? Get serious about my word. Therefore, and you shall teach them your children. All right, so this is also something you got to pass down. You got to get serious with the word to your children. Speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up. That's real serious. When you're sitting, standing, walking, laying, laying down. All right? Keep yourself speaking the word of God. Why is this so important that we speak the word? Why is, why is he trying to get the people of God here to do it? Why is he trying to get the people of God here to do it? Why is this so important? Here's why. Because David said... Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Psalm chapter 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Now, I want you to notice, he did not say it's forever settled on the earth. It's forever settled in heaven. Which means wherever the word of God is settled, then we see the the will of God, the will of God in full force. All right? So we see the ultimate of God's will when we see heaven. Right? Because the word is established there. The word is settled there. And it's a good place. It's a place teeming with life and joy, praise. Now watch. Verse, and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates. Tell your neighbor, get serious about the word. Here's why. Here's why. This is what the potential, all the potential that's found in the Word. He's showing them this is what is possible when you get the Word in your mouth. When you get the Word all around you, you're thinking about it, you're talking about it, you're writing it, so, you can all, so you're always looking at it. That your days may be multiplied. The Word brings multiplication. And the days of your children. Oh, now we're talking. This, this, this transcends. This goes, transcends your own lifespan and goes down to your children. Amen. In the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them, watch, as the days of heaven upon the earth. Now this is a promise to a people who are not yet redeemed. Now if he would promise days of heaven to people who are not redeemed, then what can the redeemed expect? Hmm? Because when Jesus came, he brought heaven with him. He brought heaven with him. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What did he do? He went about healing all those diseases, getting rid of death, raising the dead. Amen. Getting the truth in the people. And so that their days can be multiplied. See, your days on this earth can be multiplied. Uh, I think Proverbs says it like this. 
my son, forget not my law, Proverbs 3, let your heart keep my commands. Here it is. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. The Word of God, think about this, length of days and long life. It's not, that's not a repetitive statement. It sounds like it is. Length of days and long life. What it's saying is every day will be a day that doesn't get away from you. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You had more tasks than you did day. Hmm? This is going to give you fulfilling days, length of days, and long life. See, it's one thing to have long life, but if you've got long life and you don't have good days... Who wants to live that kind of long life? So he promises length of days and long life and peace it will add to you. So get serious about the word. More serious than you've ever been. I don't think that we can get serious enough about it. We've got to keep it in our hearts, keep it in our mouths. We've got to keep hearing it. We've got to keep seeing it and saying it so that we can live our days as days of heaven on earth. Amen? Praise God. Okay. Well, I wanted to go first so I wouldn't have to follow any of these preachers tonight. So uh, I'm going to first call upon Ashley Tambourine. Go get him, girl. All right, winner, winner. I wasn't expecting that. I feel like I won an award. Like, oh, I'd like to thank my family. <laughs> okay, so picture this for a minute. You're walking down the street and ICE pulls up in an SUV. It's Immigration Customs Enforcement. And they, you know, kind of like the movies, they put you in the SUV and they drive off and they take you to their offices. And they're saying like, we know you don't belong here. Where are you from? And you're like, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm a US citizen. I, you know, I'll get my passport or I'll have my, you know, whoever bring it up here. And you're thinking, I mean, it's concerning you're thinking, how did I get here in the first place? But besides that, you truly wouldn't be sweating it because you would know that once you presented your birth certificate or you presented your passport, everything would be cleared up. And not one of you would sit there and after a while go, well, maybe I'm not really from here. I mean, maybe I am an immigrant. I do tan well. And, you know, I, you know, I mean, like no one would think that. But I think it's interesting that spiritually, we don't abide by those same, those same principles. We don't abide and we don't feel like we have the rights that we do. And what are our rights? Okay, Romans 3.21 tells us. And it says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. My phone just went wild. Okay. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but being justified freely by his grace through the redemption of Jesus Christ. I'm going to condense that for you. Basically, it's I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. That is my passport. The accuser comes to me and says, yeah, but look where you came from. Look at what you were thinking about last night. Where do you think, what do you really think you're supposed to do in this life? How, what, how are you going to get a different job? You don't even have an education. And the accuser starts talking, and what do we do? We're like, well, yeah, that is kind of true. I guess I'll entertain that. I'll get kicked around for a little while. Instead of going, you know what? I'm sorry. You're talking to the wrong person. I am not a citizen of this world. I am a citizen of heaven. 
here is my passport. I am the righteousness of God. And not only that, you know what I was thinking about in worship? Not only am I a citizen of heaven, I'm a daughter. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm the daughter to the President of the United States. Like, if you were really in that position, you realize how little you would sweat it? So it's time for some of us to start memorizing what our passport says. I, lately, I've been getting in my prayer closet, which is, you know, coincidentally, my closet. And I, <laughs> and I was on my face, and I was just praising, and I, I was thinking of Joel 3.10, which says, it's, it's actually a rally cry to warriors, and it says, let the weak say, I am strong. And I have had to lay on the ground and say, I am strong. I am strong, and I am beloved and I am beautiful, and I am cherished, and I am provided for, and I am rich, and I am intelligent because I have the mind of Christ. If you guys can't memorize any verses, memorize, I am strong. And that's now what I fight the accuser with, and I would encourage you to do the same. Thank you. Y'all sensing that theme going on so far? Hmm? Carl? Come up here. Carl Van Wyle, ladies and gentlemen. Or as we now know him, Champion Carl. All right. Well, <clears throat> if it would be okay, I would like to ask your permission if I could just share. Isaiah, would it be okay if I just shared tonight? Okay. All right, so I'm just going to share. Have you ever prayed a really dumb prayer? Like, God, give me patience. <laughs> Ooh, like, God, send me overseas. No, that's not, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's a powerful prayer. Um, but like, one time I think I may have prayed this prayer, like, God, help me to be more vulnerable. Ooh, don't. Don't, don't do that prayer. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Um, so I will be vulnerable with you and a little transparent. And I was going through a season of transition, and it started with my job. So I, was a, I am a project manager, and I had this really cool account, and I was doing this really cool project. And they asked me to make a transition. And they said, hey, other guy can't use them anymore. Can you cover this other project? It was a much smaller project, and in my mind, it wasn't as cool, wasn't as powerful, wasn't as prestigious. My pride might have been hurt a little, like, oh, this isn't like all over the world and all over the nation and really cool stuff. Anyways, so I had to reach out to God and be like, God, I'm really struggling with this transition. And it was no coincidence that it seemed like then our church started changing and making some transitions. And then my life started making some transitions. And I was like, okay, God, can I just do one transition at a time? Like, why are it's all of them? And so I was like, all right, well, I need your help. I got to figure out how can I go through transitions properly. And uh, so I just want to share something that I picked up from the Bible. It may not work for you, but it worked for me. <laughs> so maybe it will bring some comfort to you. Um, because it's really important when you're going through transitions, either before, during, or after, that you keep two things right. And number one is your attitude. So I tell my children all the time, I say, you can do anything you want to do if you keep the right attitude. 
I'm not, I'm not setting them up for failure. I'm like, no, there are some things you can't do if you don't have the right attitude. But if you have the right attitude, you can do anything. Um, and that's, you're, that's for anybody. Uh, the other thing is perspective. Like, you have to have the right perspective when going through transition. Um, for me, instead of seeing it as something was being taken away from me, or if friends move away, or if friends leave the country, instead of saying like, oh man, why are you taking all this cool stuff away? You can see it as God's making room for new friends. God's making room for new opportunities. And now you've got some space. And so, you know, like when you let go of something, well, now your hand's ready and you can receive it. But if you're holding tight, it's real hard to get something in there. Those were free, not even part of it. <clears throat> the other idea is um, sometimes I love farming analogies. I'm kind of obsessed with them. But Carl in German means tiller of the earth, so basically a farmer. So that's probably why. So I apologize. Um, but I don't know if you notice the fields, like they're killing all the bad weeds in the fields right now. Like they're spraying them and then they're removing them. And it's like kind of depressing, but it's really good. Because when we can get all that stuff removed, we can make room for the good seed and the right kind of plants that need to be there and in those fields because it will lead to the right kind of harvest. Man, I'm sorry. I didn't even share a scripture yet. Um, so let's go to 2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 14. But we're just sharing today. It's just heart to heart, so it's good. Um, because everyone goes through transition. Paul, I imagine, went through a lot of transition. I imagine that when he was a part of these churches and spending time with them, working on all this stuff together, and then having to leave them from time to time. And he was probably like, oh, man, my heart is so into this one. I don't want to leave, but it was time for transition. I'm not saying I'm leaving, by the way. This, that's, don't take that. <laughs> um, but I'm saying, so I asked God. I was like, God, show me something that would help me go through transitions well. And so 2 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 11, 11, says this. Finally, brethren, farewell. <laughs> Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. So I just want to share maybe one or two truths that I took away from this scripture. Number one was be complete. Uh, the word there means perfect or to grow into maturity. One definition says this, make one what he ought to be. So during transition, you need to be who God has made you to be. And I'll just give you an example of some of the things he's made us to be. Romans 8, 14, and 16 says, we are children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs of God. What's one of the things that we inherit? One of my favorites, Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So during these times of transition, you're not alone. Like God already knew this transition was coming and he already has this set up for you and we get to go there boldly and ask for help and ask for wisdom and ask for guidance, whatever we need. Um, actually, I think I have James 1.5 listed next. And it says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to you. So that was be complete. Um, the second one is be of good comfort. 
Comfort means to comfort one another, to bring comfort to one another. Um, I'm going to do a little Bible cheating real quick. I don't know what that means, but I want to throw it in here. If you go down to verse 12, it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. And this is kind of where I want to land. Is <laughs> Teenagers, it's scriptural. Just be like, mom, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, where I want to go with this is we have to live in a way where we're close enough that we can allow others to comfort us. So they're saying, greet each other with a holy kiss. They're saying, live close. Like if you live shut off and you live by yourself or in isolation or you don't come to all the events that the church has on or puts on, you're not going to be able to be comforted. And then the other part of that is um, nobody has the gift of mind reading. So God didn't give it to me. If he did, I would totally understand my wife. <laughs> I think. Maybe not. Maybe once we got in there, we wouldn't. <laughs> but I'd be like, no, I don't want to take it back. <laughs> but nobody here on staff, no, none of the leaders have the spiritual gift of mind reading. You have to tell us when you're going through something. You have to speak up and say, hey, I'm going through a transition and I need some help. Or, hey, something's not working right at school for me. Or, hey, my mom is crazy. Or, I think my mom's crazy. Like, you've got to reach out to each other. And that goes back to being vulnerable. So it's interesting. He says that we're supposed to comfort each other. That means if you get before being comforted, that means you have to be open to saying that you need help or that you're willing to admit, hey, I need some help or I need something. So I just want to encourage you guys that allow that to happen. Live close enough and live sticky lives that we're all a part of each other so that we can be there to comfort each other during these times. Um, <clears throat> last one is be of one mind. So to be of one mind means to be of the same mind, agree together, or cherish the same views. Uh, during transitions, there might be a temptation to think some crazy thoughts. Some of those crazy thoughts might be like, where is God? I don't know if anybody's ever had that thought. Why is this happening to me? Did my mother-in-law place a curse on me? I'm pretty sure she's into voodoo. <laughs> but she makes some amazing tacos. <laughs> um, let me read to you one of my favorite quotes. Captain James T. Kirk says, You know the greatest danger facing us is ourselves, an irrational fear of the unknown. There is no such thing as the unknown, only things temporary hidden and temporarily not understood. I love that guy. Uh, during these times of transition, uh, we get to go to the Lord and see... Oh, oh, dang it. My scripture got erased. I think it was Proverbs or Psalms, the one that says he knew you before... Psalms 139, he knew you before you were made, and and in your days, he saw everything you were going to do. He wrote it down in his book, paraphrasing that one. Um, but it's like during these times, we know, like, he knows everything. He saw these transitions coming to your life. And if he did, that should bring you comfort. You're not alone. You may, it may be temporary for now, but he saw the end result. And he knows how to get you through it. So be of one mind of the Lord. Uh, one scripture you can use is Romans 12, 1 and 2. 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, um, you know, just take like all the scriptures we were talking about, apply them to your life, apply them daily and live this thing out loud. Okay. That's all I've got. That helped me get through a few transitions in my life. And um, I hope that it encourages you as well. Amen. Esther Alex Ammons. All right, good evening, everybody. I've got a, a message real short for you that I want to get to you, uh, and I, I want to tell you tonight to fall pretty, okay? Fall pretty. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So we fall into trials, and I think that's a pretty accurate description because we don't go looking for trials. Hopefully, you don't go through life expecting trials. I mean, I know we all know those people that are, man, this always happens to me, or I should have known that this was going to happen, or nothing's going to work out right. We all know those people who do go through life expecting trials, and if that's you in here tonight, I want to encourage you to change that mindset, because if you go through life looking for trials, you're going to find them a lot more frequently than you have to. Uh, but nevertheless, Jesus Christ did tell us in this world there is going to be tribulation. That's just how the world happens, but uh, we don't have to go through life looking for these things and expecting these things. Um, but we can prepare for them, you know, we, we, so that when we do fall into these trials, we can count it all joy. Um, falling is not a very fun thing to do. You know, you've all had those nasty falls in here. Those falls are embarrassing. They hurt. They make you look like an idiot. They're, uh, they're again, embarrassing. It's pretty bad. Uh, I uh, was on a ski trip pretty recently. I was with some friends and uh, we were hiking this, there was this trail that goes up beside a frozen waterfall. It was really pretty. Uh, we got to go hiking, and, and so we, we walked up the trail, got to go see the, the top of the waterfall, and then there was kind of like this unmarked trail that kept going up through the mountain, and there was a sign, of course, that said, don't go up past this point. But what did we do? We decided, oh, that looks really cool. Let's keep hiking. So, so we started climbing up, and, and it's pretty steep. So we're climbing, and there's a lot of snow everywhere, and it's icy, and, and we get up a lot higher than the waterfall so that we can kind of look over all of it, and it's beautiful. And, and there's this cool rock that, if you know Jesse Griffith, uh, he was with me, and, and uh, he, he goes up to this thing so I can take a picture of him. And so I'm, I'm getting close to him and trying to get a good position, and I got my camera out, and I'm about my phone, and I'm about to take a picture, and my foot just slips. And I go sliding down this mountain, and like, it was bad. And uh, the first thing I hear is the guys up at the top laughing at me while I'm sliding really fast down this mountain, and I got my phone in my hand, and I'm freaking out. I'm trying to grab a handhold, but like, I can't, I can't stop myself. And I know that if I keep going, there's going to be a drop later on that I'm going to fall off and literally die. Meanwhile, the guys, they're not even trying to come up after me. They're just laughing at me, and I'm like, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, I'm going to die. Finally, I caught a grip, and I, I stopped myself, and my pants were ripped, like, all down the back, and my phone was, like, soaking wet because it was in my hand while I'm trying to claw my way up the side of this mountain, and, and I'm, so, I'm mad, but at the same time, it's hilarious, but it's also really embarrassing because I just fell down this mountain. Falls are not fun. You can't fall gracefully. I've never seen somebody fall, and it look good. Like, that just doesn't happen. Uh, falls are not fun. But he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. 
You know, even though you, you can't expect these trials, even though you don't want these trials, even though it's not going to be graceful, you're not going to know what to do, you're not going to know how to get out of this thing, you're not going to be able to catch your breath sometimes, you find yourselves in these trials, and you're like, what do I do? How do I get out of this? You can count it all joy. And then it says, knowing uh, that the testing of your faith produces patience. You know, these trials come to test your faith. And they're not, it's not God testing your faith because God doesn't need to do that. It's actually the devil that comes to test your faith. It's actually the world that tries to come and test your faith. It's, it's them coming up and saying, you know, you say you believe in God, but let's see if you actually believe in God. Let's, let me throw, throw this accusation at you. Let me put this thought in your mind. Let's see if you really believe God. And that's what the world, that's what the devil, they come to do. But you can count it all joy in that circumstance. You can count it all joy because you can see that this is not an opportunity uh, to lose. This is an opportunity to show people, to show this world who your God really is. This is an opportunity to see God move in your circumstance more than you could have ever expected. This isn't God testing your faith. This is actually an opportunity for God to bring you out of tribulation. And it's an opportunity for you to show the world who God is. Count it all joy because if you're being tested, it means that the devil, the thief, it means that he sees something worth taking from you. It means that you've got something that he wants to get away from you. It's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God, Jesus Christ, came to give us life, and that more abundantly. The thief, he's trying to steal from you, but don't let him win. Don't let him win. In that trial, have joy. Trust God. Claim the authority that's yours, because you will and you can overcome that situation and overcome that trial. Don't give up. Don't let the devil win. Don't let him steal that joy that's inside of you. And and knowing that uh, the testing of your faith it produces patience. Some other versions say endurance or perseverance. In other words, you know, it's going to make you stronger. That's just how it works. But, but the thing is, it's not going to make you stronger if you don't overcome it. you got to get out of it. And we get out of it through our faith in Jesus Christ. We get out of it with our faith. And so exercise that faith. Don't, don't let yourself get stuck in it. You're going to come out of this thing stronger. You're going to come out of this thing better off. You probably will learn some things for next time. But let, let me tell you, just encourage you today, that, that God wants to get you through that trial. He wants to get you out of it. And just to put your faith in him and count it all joy when you face these trials. Thank you. Well. Awesome words tonight. Thank you all for your encouragement. We have one more, and it's going to be awesome because she's awesome. Miss Crystal Hexamer is going to come and finish out tonight. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I came here tonight because I feel like the Lord wanted me to tell somebody that I know it's been difficult, and I know you seem overwhelmed, and I know maybe you don't see a clear path, but I'm with you. And he who is with you is greater than he who is against you. And I just want to encourage you tonight. He knows, and he sees, and he's with you. Let's go to First John 4.4. 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You are of God. You are his child. You have overcame because what is in you 
is greater than what's all around you. One of the things that exemplifies it for me in the Bible, I thought about the disciples when they were on the boat with Jesus and he was asleep and a storm kicked up and they freaked out. Um, and, you know, they're experienced fishermen. They've been doing it for a long time. They weren't just panicking because it was a little storm. They knew the difference from when something that might take them out to just a tiny little rain shower. And I just want to encourage you in those moments in your life when you're afraid and you feel overwhelmed and you feel like it's going to take you out, you do what they did. You go to Jesus. Those are the times when you feel like you failed, you feel like you can't do it, you feel like you've been forsaken. Those are the times that you go to him. And they went and they woke him up and he didn't pray about it. He didn't ask them to pray. He didn't fast. He just stood up. And he spoke to the storm, and he said, be still. And he could do that because he knew the spirit, the living God was on the inside of him. And what was on the inside of him was greater than the storm that was all around him. What is on the inside of you is greater than the storms that are all around you. And I'm going to finish with this. It's a testimony. It may take me a couple more minutes than five minutes. But um, recently, I lost my mom on April 3rd, in fact, and the Lord was so, has been so good to me, prepared me for it, walked me through it, strengthened me, comforts me every day, has given me such a revelation of who he is and my present help in time of need, um, what he can walk you through, what you can overcome, what is possible in him, and mostly the revelation of heaven and who I am because of what he's done for me. And she was sick for a while. Um, she was such a fighter. She really believed in it. She didn't go to church all the time, but uh, she was a believer, and she experienced many healings. And so I grew up watching my mom get healed, me get healed, my kids get healed. It's just like breathing to me <laughs> to believe to, for a healing. But uh, the last couple of years after Pops died, that's my stepdad. He raised me. She just... The wind was kind of taken out of her sails, and she missed him. She missed him a whole lot. And that's when she started to say things like, I'm really tired. And she would say things like, sometimes I think it would just be better if the Lord took me. And I'd fight against that and say, no, ma'am. And we would pray, and I would rebuke everything. I don't know why I rebuke things in King James English, but it makes me feel more powerful. But... Um, <laughs> Um, and so, you know, she'd be on track for a while, but she'd come back to it. She would just look at me and say, Crystal, I'm so tired of not being able to breathe. I'm tired of being by myself. And a fighter, and I've got to be honest, I got real irritated at her about it. And I went to God, and I said, I don't want to be upset with my mom. You've got to help me understand where she's at. How can I pray for somebody who doesn't want to get better? So the Lord just spoke to my heart, just, just trust me with this, Crystal. Just trust me. And I did. I said, okay, I, I give it to you. I can give you everything, and you're going to give me peace about this, and I'm going to walk through it and just trust you. In the last couple of months, um, she got worse. And I just trusted God, and I walked through it. And she would say those, those things again. 
and I just started journaling, but I would journal about everything and write all kinds of stuff, but um, I was just journaling one day, and the Lord just began to give me dreams and visions about my mom, and they were very comforting, <laughs> and one of them I'll share with you, but on this particular day, it was March 28th, I know, because I dated it in my journal. Um, I had had a dream about my mom, and I was journaling it, and I just felt so sad and just so overwhelmed because I knew it was coming. Not, I didn't fear it. I just knew in my knower what was coming. And I was just so sad, and I just started thanking God. I just said, Lord, thank you for every moment I've been given with her. Thank you for everything that she's given me. Thank you for being with me now. And, Lord, I just agree with her for whatever she is believing you for. And I release this situation to you and the outcome. And I know that I can rest in you and trust you to take care of me in it. And when I did, peace just filled my heart. Like I cannot explain. And tears are running down my face, and I just started praising him. I was in the office, and I just started praising him. And I looked up, and I opened my eyes, and I have this painting. I don't even know the name of it, but it's by Matisse. Beautiful colors. It's a seascape, and it's this door that's open. And he gave me this vision of my mom. It just happened just like that. But she was walking toward it, and she was laboring. She had her head down. Her eyes were so dull. And she was struggling, struggling to breathe. And she got up to the door, and she stuck her arm through it. And when she stuck her arm through it, her hand and her arm were young again. And she smiled, and she stepped through that doorway. And she just lit up, and I could see her from behind. And she was young again, or what I considered young again, 30s, 40s. And she had jet black hair and big, beautiful, sparkling eyes and the prettiest smile I've ever seen in my life. And she looked over her shoulder at me, and she said, Crystal, oh, Crystal, it's so beautiful here. You're going to love it. And I knew then what the Lord was telling me, and I just felt compelled to go visit her. And I just poured my heart out to her, and I said, Mom, I love you so much. You have been such a good mother to me, and I'm so grateful to have you in my life. But if you really don't want to be here, I'll be okay. And we talked, and we just had such a wonderful conversation, and I shared that with my brothers. She made me promise. She looked right into my soul and said, um, promise me that you will keep your brothers together, that you guys will be there for one another. And I said, yes, ma'am, I will. And I shared the conversation with my brothers. They came, had very similar conversations with her. And then on April 3rd, just six days later, she passed. And when I walked in that room and I found her, she was at a rehab facility. I'm not going to lie to you, it was really difficult. And I fell to my knees and I started crying and they had to drag me out of the room. I made a spectacle. <laughs> but when it was over, when I had that moment, I felt that peace again. And I felt the Lord say, she's with me, and I'm with you. I know that things can seem so overwhelming, and you can feel so alone and so defeated, and you don't see a way, but there's always a way. He is the way. And I just pray, because I know someone either here or is going to listen to the podcast or a live stream needs to know this. I just pray that your eyes be opened and that you know 
Greater is he that is with you than he that is with them. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.